Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm broadcasting today from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And it is a beautiful day. A little overcast, a little threatening of rain, but nothing actually happened. So a uh, busy day today and a busy week ahead. And lots of wild in the heavens, lots of wild on Earth. So we talk here on the Weekly Weather about what you can anticipate and how you can work with it and what you're going to do with it. And um, this week ahead, we promise it will be quite exciting. Uh, The heavens promises will be quite exciting, and I'm going to report on it here. Uh, And, uh, you know, I woke up this weekend to the news of all these volcanoes erupting all around the world. Uh, And, you know, somebody wrote, well, I heard the volcanoes. Uranus is at the very last degree of Aries, 29 degrees, 50 minutes, 52 minutes. And he is going to go into Taurus next week on Tuesday, the 14th of May. So when he's at the very last degree, he's finishing up an 84-year cycle. And he's getting ready to enter Taurus that he hasn't been in for 84 years. Uh, That's going to happen on May 14th uh, when he goes in, uh, or I'm sorry, May 15th at 1123 in the morning. Different times in different time zones. But here at the USA... um, but we're all going to feel the shift as he goes into, as he wraps up the fire energy. Now he's wrapping up the story that began in 211 uh, when he entered Aries, and he said, hi, I'm in Aries now. I'm going to cause some new excitement and new beginnings and new stuff. And dit, 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 dit. So now you're also wrapping up the, the end of 210, end of 211 uh, Aries story. So if you think back what happened back then, you're having the culmination of it now, and you're starting this next big chapter. But most important, as he goes into a sign, and he's going to give us some information, he's going to give us some guidance, he's going to give us some new stuff. Um, But as he enters a sign he hasn't been in in 84 years, kind of like going into a dusty closet, right? You know, you, you open the, you know, those houses, they have the shots where the sheets are covering all the furniture and stuff, and you open the door, and it's 84 years old. And you go, wow, that's really old. And then you close the door. <laughs> and then you open it again, and you go, okay, i got to go in there. So it, it's been a while since Uranus has been in this section of the sky or in this part of your chart. And, of course, most of us aren't 84, um, but for the for the Taurus, the people with Uranus and Taurus, they're having their Uranus returns this next eight, this over the next eight years. And for all of us, we're back going. Okay, new energy, new ideas. Now, when a planet enters a sign, what it does is it kind of opens the door, and all the planets that are in Taurus jump up and down. Right? They go, oh my God, something came into the room. And when it enters the sign, all the other planets that are at zero or one in your chart get woken up too because the Taurus planets are all excited. But anything at zero gets woken up. So you want to look in your chart. So we had a lot of this this year. We've had a bunch of planets changing the signs. Last October, we had Jupiter going into Scorpio. Then in, at Christmas time, we had Saturn going into Capricorn. And now we're going to have Uranus going into Taurus. So that's three outer planets shifting signs makes it a really big year makes it turbulent and of course uranus is the planet of explosions and fire so we have volcanoes erupting all over the world it seems like and we can expect more of that this week 
uh, because things are going to be erupting all over the place. And our job is to watch what we have. Anything we have at 29 is going to be triggered by this. Anything we have at zero going to be triggered because here comes the eruption and then one two right because that's those energies they're feeling the impulse they're feeling the arrival and when uranus is a fire sign he's going into earth so think about the shift from fire into earth um i always the image i always get is you're on a beach and you got this big bonfire and then it's time to go home and you just shovel the dirt on it and the fire's dead right and it's like gone you're like, wow, that fire's just completely gone. Uh, that is the energy we're looking at. And we're looking at the shift. We're looking at coming down to earth. We're looking at really clarifying things. Plan on a lot of things breaking. Uh, we had a couple episodes this week already. The coffee pot, we, I have a, what's it called, a French press. The French press glass broke. I turned the lights on. The light switch blew. It's a big eruption time. It's really big, really good time to back up your computers if you haven't done it in a while. I know it's not Mercury retrograde, but this is when everything goes wild, right? Because when we pl- Uranus is a planet of electricity, and when he changes signs, when he stations, when he stops, we always have some kind of craziness. And he doesn't change signs that often every eight years, but certainly on his stations, there's all sorts of electrical issues. And so you do want to back up your stuff if you have to. And also just be aware that there's this energy of change. And we're going from fire to earth. And we're going from fast-moving match fire to earth energy. Boom. Fixed earth Taurus. Big shifts. And literally those volcanoes are making more earth for us once the magma cools down. There will be new land on earth, right? that wasn't there before, that came up from inside Mama Earth and landed and grew and blew and grew. So our job with this energy, we're all going to have an erupting volcano in our chart (laughs) on a metaphorical level, of course. But wherever the eruption takes place in your chart, wherever you have 29 Aries, it's also waking up everything else you have at 29, everything else you have at zero. So a lot of hoo-ha in the world this week. And again, of course, it's an 84-year energy. Now, you know, planets change signs all the time. But not all the time, not every 84 years. So our job with this energy is to go, wow, 84 years. And to appreciate that there's stuff that wants to conclude. We're going to be looking at cycles from that began in 211 when Uranus went into Aries. And we're going to be saying, okay, that's done. I'm done with that. I'm ready for a different chapter. And if you have a strong Uranus, and most of you in the listing audience do, because astrology is Aquarian, Uranian, um, you, when you have a strong Uranus in, the, in your chart, you're going to experience it because if you have it aspecting a personal planet or you study astrology, or let's say you're just innovative, you're one of those creative types, you know, you're not an astrologer, but you're a fan, and you do other creative work. Uranus is the planet of creativity, chaos, and change. And he is the planet that invites us to really transform. So do watch for breakages and things blowing up and exploding and, you know, careful with, uh, careful with that kind of energy. But also just recognize where you're looking to let go of something, where you're looking to ground what's been running around fast where you're looking to kind of get it settled and not live in chaos anymore, not live in the chaos of the Aries moving kind of fast and quick, and where you want to grow something beautiful. I know in my house we've been renovating for a bit and putting stuff in, 
and I was having a real yearning for plants. You know, I want some I want some plants in my window. And I was and I'm like, Oh, Uranus and Taurus, yeah, I, you know, I don't really have any green. I have some green but it's kind of old green. You know, it's like plants that have been around for a while that, you know, are kind of a little more on the, you know, they're on they're not on their last legs because they're, you know, they're healthy, but they're kind of like, eh, I'm a tired plant. You know, and one of my, somebody had said to me, well, when did you repot them last? I said, I don't repot plants. I just buy new ones, which, of course, I probably should repot them. But it was, yeah, I want some new plants, you know. So I was kind of eyeing plants this week. And I know I'm going to have some plants in my window because it's Uranus and Taurus. Change around growth. Change around things that can grow. Change around things that we want to grow. Your Taurus house is about to experience a lot of change. Any planets you have in Taurus are about to experience a lot of change. They're about to go, because they're going to get goosed by Uranus in the week ahead. So forward we go into this exciting stuff. We're also going to have a new moon in a week. Uh, that's going to be next week on the uh, 15th. So I'm going to be having a webinar. I don't know if it's up yet on the website. So if you if you go and check and it's not there, I do apologize because Rose was out of town this week. But I'm going to be doing a new webinar, and we're also going to be doing a webinar on Uranus shifting into uh, Taurus. So for those of you who want to do uh, that, there will be two of them in the next week or so. Um, all right, so let's talk about the moons, where the moons are right now. So today the moon's in Aquarius, and it's going to be in Aquarius tomorrow, and it's going to be going void at 1029 on the 8th, the evening of the 8th, Tuesday night, with a sextile to Uranus. So moon in Aquarius, sextile Uranus is a positive energy, and it's very forward motion, and it's very quick, and it's very fast, and it's very visionary. Then it's void for about an hour, uh, not quite an hour, and it goes into Pisces at 11, 11 p.m. on Tuesday night. And then it's in Pisces on Wednesday, it's in Pisces on Thursday, and it goes void at 5.02 in the morning on the 11th, Friday morning, 5.02, with a sextile to Mars. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all have really nice aspects, Friday morning. Then it goes into Aries at 8.40 a.m., it's in Aries the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, going void at 2.05 with a conjunction to Uranus. Again, a nice energy. Now, some people do not like the Mars joining Uranus. I happen to like it. I find it very clarifying. I find I get a lot of stuff done. Other people go, ah, I hate that aspect. But it, it means the weekend of the 11th and 12th is nice, too. And then the moon goes void at 2.05 on Sunday, and it goes into Taurus 2.15 on on uh, Sunday, and it's in Taurus Mother's Day, uh, two fifteen, and it's in more Mother's blah, 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 in Taurus on the fourteenth, and the fifteenth going void at five thirty with the trine to Mars on the fifteenth at uh, four thirty p.m. on Tuesday evening. So basically, we have really, really, really productive moons all week long. So this is a great week to get a lot of stuff done. And because you're at the last the last bits of Uranus and Taurus, or Uranus and Aries, it's a great launch time. It's like, okay, let's get this out in the air. Boom, it's a bomb of fire. Okay, let's get this moving. Boom. With the idea being you launch it, and it lands in Taurus time, and it starts to grow. So it's a very potent energy, and it kind of kicks everything up. Because Uranus does like being in fire. Um, and the moons are really productive this week. 
Um, it also is ending weeks. You know, like a lot of times people are going, I, I think I'm done with that. I think I, I really need to finish that. I think I really need to uh, kind of let that go and not carry that with me anymore. Um, I think I'm I'm over that. And uh, that's the point of it, right? So the idea with this energy is what is it we need to let go of from the last eight years and what are we launching towards? And you want to think about it. It's a really, really important when these big eight-year, two-and-a-half-year, one-year even, cycles begin. We are, if we honor them and we say, okay, okay, I'm, I'm ready. You know, and I mentioned the ones that we had with uh, Saturn and Pluto and you know, Saturn into Capricorn, but we also had Mars come along and start a new two-year cycle with Saturn and Mars come along and start a new two-year cycle with Pluto uh, kind of a what are we building, what are we growing, what are we doing. It's a really growth year. So if you think about Uranus going into Taurus, we're adding more Earth to the pile. So now we have all of the outer planets in water and in Earth, right? So Jupiter and Neptune are both in water, and Saturn and Pluto and Uranus are all going to be in Earth. So it's a really big time to grow things in our own lives, in the world, and to make a difference with this energy because it's very creative, productive, wanting to do stuff kind of energy. So kind of give it permission to grow in your life. Give it permission to push it a little and say, yeah, yeah, I want that to happen. Um, okay, so this week the sun is in Taurus, of course, the sign of earth and growing and springtime. And here in New York we're having all sorts of flowers blooming it's really beautiful. The sun goes from 15 Taurus to 22, almost 23 Taurus. And our job with Taurus, it's on the world point right now. Uh, so we're getting uh, told things that we need to pay attention to uh, on, you know, and, and understand and really see the point and purpose of because we're really looking at it and, and seeing it in a way we perhaps hadn't seen it before. Um, so the sun has a few aspects this week that are pretty potent. It has a semi-square to Chiron and a sextile to Neptune. So it's inviting us to come up with a new version of our dream. A lot of times when we're at a turning point like this or we're really at a shifting moment, you know, the dreams that we've had, we've realized, and now we're like, okay, well, that dream's done, now what? And so this is a really good dream time, you know, because there's a lot of energy in the wrap-up phase to say, and what's the next chapter look like? May 8th, the sun is going to be opposite Jupiter, Taurus opposite Jupiter and Scorpio. And that's an opposition. What oppositions do invite us to understand it in a new way and to look at Jupiter's passions and see them. Now, of course, when Jupiter went into Scorpio, we started the whole Me Too movement. So May 8th, we can expect some news or fallout with the Me Too movement uh, or some opposition to it. You know, So it'll be interesting to see how that shows up. The sun is sesquiquadrate Vesta on May 10th and also contraparallel Vesta. And that is a stressful aspect around the home or the hearth. And a lot of times when that happens, there's, a, there's an energy of, you know, wanting to change the physical being or the physical body or the physical place that you live in. We think of Vesta as the tender of the hearth. In the old days, she used to tend to fire because, you know, if it went out, you know, you know, it's a bad thing. Didn't have gas lines. You didn't have electricity. Um, and so uh, there's a fire you've been tending. 
And May 10th, maybe like you say, you know, I think I'm letting that fire go out. Or I think, I think, I think I'm done with that fire. I think I want to separate from that fire. And that's a good energy to do it on. Sun is also aspecting the nodes of fate on May 11th, inviting us to choose a path. Uh, and of course, when he aspects by declination, he's kind of like monkey in the middle with with the uh, energy, where he's kind of trapped in it. And so, watching what Taurus wants to choose, watching which direction he's pulled in, lower, higher, towards what we love, towards what we fear. Recognize there's a choice point on May 11th, and in, it's important to pick positive direction. Sun is trying Pluto on May 11th, and what that's going to do is it's a power dynamic, happens once, uh, twice a year, uh, and this is Sun in Taurus, which is a manifesting energy. Trying Pluto in Capricorn, which is a, a constructive, transformative energy, so we can expect constructive transformation on May 11th. Uh, and, of course, Sun Trine Pluto is a little bit of a power. It's got an energy of transformation. It's got an energy of uh, dynamics of triangles. You, another person, and a third person. You, another person, and a third thing. So let's watch and see what Pluto pops on. And then the Sun has a semi-square to Juno, giving relationships a bit of stress on May 12th. And then it has a semi-sextile to Venus, which means he gets a little bit, uh, Venus is a little bit talking to to the sun and saying, you know, you really kind of need to not do that, right? Because she's far enough away from him to be critical of him. And so the sun goes, well, you know, this is what I do. And Venus goes, I really really don't like it when you do that. And, of course, that's Mother's Day. Um, So it can be a little bit of a stressful energy. Uh, on Mother's Day around criticism and just recognize, you know, criticism can be delivered in many ways and you can also keep your mouth shut. (laughs) So on Mother's Day, I suggest you keep your mouth shut uh, because also on Mother's Day next week, uh, the moon is is, uh, in a sensitive sign. It's in a sensitive sign. It's in Taurus. It's answering to the Venus in Gemini. So it's kind of, you know, the 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 energies can be a little bit uh, misguided. Misguided is the wrong word. They can be a little bit bitchy. Um, yeah, so that we're going to go with bitchy. All right, uh, Mercury. Mercury is really busy this week. He's going from 21. I don't know if I did the degrees for for the sun. He's going from 15. I did 15 to 22 Taurus, 23 Taurus. Mercury is going from 21 Aries to zero Taurus. Uh, so he's moving fast he's going 10 degrees this month this week he starts off with the square to pluto so he's kicking up kicking up some dust and he's telling the story he's telling the truth remember mercury is now cleared his shadow but he's still in truth telling aries where you might not like the truth you're hearing but you're hearing it then he's also sextile to Pallas Athena, and that's happening on, uh, you know, helping you see the patterns and helping you understand what needs to be done. Then he's contraparallel to Neptune, May 8th. Uh, so there's the blinders come off, and you, you get what's been going on. You might not like it, but you do see it. And then as he goes into Eris, he joins up with Eris on May 9th, and Eris kind of kicks the energy into a whole new a whole new place and a whole new format and a whole new direction and also perhaps a little bit of a fighting energy on May 9th. Then we have decent aspects to uh, Sedna, 
where Mercury is talking to Sedna like about what's of enormous value and why it's of value. So there's big value conversations on the 10th and the 11th. And then Mercury has a square to Mars on the 12th where they come back to you and they say, I'm sorry, you're not really of value. That isn't a value. So Mercury square Mars is a little bit of a cantankerous energy. Uh, it's a breakup. It's a fight. It's a argument. It's a, no, I'm going to tell you what I think. Well, I don't want to hear what you think. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. It's that kind of energy. And Mercury is in Capricorn, uh, so he's loaded up with, you know, what the big authority people feel like. And the Mars uh, is in Capricorn, so it's like, well, I know what the authority people want. So there's this kind of conflict between what does the authority actually want. And uh, we actually probably should check with the authority rather than listening to either of them. Mercury also is uh, joined up with Uranus on May 13th. And so that begins uh, kind of a process for him where he's able to uh, step forward and claim stuff. And then last but not least, Mercury enters Taurus on May 13th at 8.40 in the morning. Um, I know it's really early to get up. Not really. Most of you are probably already up at 8.30 in the morning, 8.40 in the morning. But when he enters Taurus, he calms down. He's not so sharp-tongued. He's now answering to Venus in Gemini. So he's going to be a little more, um, well, you could do this or this, or you could do this or this, because he's not so uh, pushy about what his reality is or what he thinks is right. Now, remember, Mercury and Aries, you know, I always tell the story. My favorite Mercury and Aries friend's friend said to me, uh, she goes, you know, you know you're really smart, Anne. I'm just surprised you're not more successful. And I kind of looked at her and I went, well, a compliment in there, I think. And then there was a little bit of a shot. That's what Mercury and Aries does. It has this quality of saying something that you aren't really sure how to take it, right? You, you know, they say it and you kind of go, hmm. Huh. Is that an insult? Was that a compliment? What was that? That was that was definitely not neutral. <laughs> so this week as he gets wrapping up and he comes to Uranus one more time and he gets that little punch of energy on May thirteenth, just kinda watch as as he builds up, especially because he's talking with Neptune too. It may be kind of an unconscious thing that's said, but do know that that's what they really think. Right. I mean, it. You know, I mean, I don't think it was meant in a mean way per se, but it hit in a mean vein. But it also is clearly something that they had thought that she had thought. Well, you know, my my understanding of how successful she should be, based on this, and you kind of go, okay, what was that about? So this energy this week has that in it. Of course, it is Mars. Mercury's in fire, so people are going to be a little fiery and a little sharp-tongued. But it calms down when we get to Sunday. Venus going from 14 Gemini to 23 Gemini. So she's going almost two degrees a day. She is moving really fast, zip, 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 and happy, 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 happy. And she has a semi-sextile to Uranus, and then she has a biquintile to Pluto. So she's in a highly creative mode. She does square Neptune and kind of go, gee, you know, I thought that that, that this is what was going to happen. I thought we were going to have this uh, thing, 
And, you know, and everybody goes, no, never really planned on that. And she's kind of like, I thought, thought we talked about that because she's in Gemini, right? And it could be an illusion, could have heard it on the astral plane, or just wishful thinking. So Venus in Gemini is in a wishful thinking mode, and when she has her square to Neptune on the 7th, she can either be really, really happy or really, really depressed or both because she's getting an aspect from Neptune that's inviting her to really understand the deeper purpose of what Venus wants. And, and we have to think of these aspects when they manifest in the heavens as showing us the vision of how, you know, what the soul's trying to teach, what the world's trying to teach us, what the universe is trying to teach us, what the heavens are saying. And then we have to kind of translate it for ourselves. So Venus squaring Neptune, it's like looking where you've been a little eluded or deluded or maybe not as grounded as you might want to be and and allowing yourself to kind of go okay maybe i need to maybe i need to focus a little bit more on this she has a quintile to juno where she's getting along well with partners and then she has in conjuncts to both pluto and saturn as she goes through them on may 9th and may 12th so an in conjunct energy is kind of like a misguided aries um and if you want, uh, that, take that in conjunct energy and kind of work with it because it wants to uh, expand and create and it also wants to have us move together. So that's a, a fast-moving finger of God, too, that gets formed because Jupiter and uh, Pluto are in the sextile aspect to each other. And whenever we have a finger of God form in the heavens between the ninth and the 12th, we have a faded event, in this case, around love, value, money, partnership, cash in your bank account, how you're remunerated. Venus also is biquintile to Mars on the 13th, which gives her a positive expression of her energy and a positive expression of how she wants to assert herself. Mars this week is kind of quiet. He's basically at 2021 in there. Um, and then he goes as high as 26. Um, so he's he's kind of working it. He's got it trying to the uh, to the Sedna on the seventh, and is parallel to Saturn on the eleventh. So Mars is out there in Capricorn, and he's in kind of a free free place. He is going to come up and catch up to uh, uh, Uranus next week when he goes into Aquarius. But right now he's in late degree Cap, kind of stim- stimulating all that. Jupiter is biquintile Pallas Athena, helping us see patterns in a way we hadn't seen them before. Pluto's in conjunct Athena and Gemini, encouraging her, uh, encouraging Athena to kind of make a decision about things. Um, I don't know why he's, they're both giving her such a hard time, but they want to get some kind of decision out of her or some kind of idea out of her or some kind of new approach. So they're both kind of pushing on her. And Pallas Athena in, in Gemini does come up with a couple of approaches, and that may be the way to handle it is, well, you could do this or that, and then kind of leave Jupiter and Pluto to their own devices because Pallas Athena doesn't really want to get pushed right now. Uh, Vesta is stationing to go retrograde, and so when she goes retrograde, uh, she's going to go backwards. She's stationing at 4 cap, 54, and then she's going to go backwards for a while until we get to uh, uh, Virgo time. And then she's also square Athena, which gives her 
uh, a new idea or a new approach on how to do things. So it's kind of think of it as sisters fighting. It's a sister fighting energy. And then uh, Pallas Athena is aspecting partnerships on the beginning of the week and having kind of a fight, a little bit of an argument. Uh, she's a little scrappy. And Pallas Athena right now, by declination, she's doing this. So this means everybody has it. And so it's a little scrappy. Of course, the whole world seems scrappy these days. Everybody's arguing with everybody else. But Pallas Athena is being strategic in her in how she argues. And then she has a sextile to Eris on May 10th. And that's a big one, you know, because, you know, Eris is the goddess who has us see the world in a new way. And so Pallas Athena coming and talking to her and saying, you know, bop, 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 and Eris should should point out to Pallas where the problem is, where the where the where the deal is. So that that part's very strong and very active. And then last but not least, Pallas Athena hits the nodes on nine uh site Aquarius. Nine degrees twenty six minutes of Aquarius Leo. So as she uh, aspects those in Gemini, she's going to be thinking, well, how do I make this flare? How do I make this grow? Or how do I make it partner? So on that note, I wish you a great week. Remember, watch out for volcanoes erupting in your chart at 29 degrees of fire, 29 degrees of Aries, because that's where they are. They're going boom, 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 boom. And your job, should you decide to accept it, is to just know that it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. You're ending an eight-year cycle. You're starting a new 84-year cycle. It's big. It's not a little transition. This is a big one. And we should see some pretty wild stuff. Again, also because it is the last three, there can be people leaving. So reach out to the people you know and love and make sure you tell them you love them. And I love all of you. Great to hear from you and talk to you all next week. Take care and have a great week. Bye-bye.